and welcome to the Hippods, the official podcast of the Bristol Hippodrome. Hello, uh, my name is Downsy. I am a co-host with the lovely JC and also Carl from the Bristol Hippodrome. However, we do have, before we get on to our lovely guests, we do have a, um, a small matter to deal with, and that is we have to rename Kyle, JC, for this episode, I'm afraid. Okay, interesting. Uh, so he's going from normal Kyle to COVID Kyle, uh, because <laughs> Kyle, you are actually at the moment in exile, suffering from said infection, aren't you? Yeah, sadly, I got caught by COVID, so I am uh, I am sequestered to my living room where I must stay for the foreseeable, if not the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, oh, bless you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you've mentioned that the you sort of your appetite's going up and out. Have you got the horrible little tickly cough and sort of horrible headache and stuff? See, that was over the weekend. The weekend was the worst part. Uh, and now during the week, I feel like I'm getting better. But every time I feel like I'm just on the cusp of it, I get dragged a little bit back. So yeah. it's just, I it's just, it well. I'm not getting rid of it. This is the second time around on this rodeo. So yeah, uh, yeah it's a sad, oh, I'm so sad for myself. <laughs> oh, Kyle. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie to you, COVID Carl. It's a bit last year, mate. If you could get, I know, could right? You get something more up to date. <laughs> I really gotta get. I really gotta get ahead of the times. It's this bird is, flu now, mate. I'm just bringing bird I'm, flu. I'm just bringing it back. You know, here we are. <laughs> I'm just trying to think because did we not record a, a podcast in quite close proximity to you not so long ago? I, I, I mean, <clears throat> hold on, that. Oh, hold on. I might not. Hey, hey! Don't <laughs> you, okay? you start blaming me for that. <laughs> Don't you do that. Patient X, COVID, Kyle. There he is. <laughs> Um, uh, JC, you're not suffering from any ill health on, on this podcast? Um, not from COVID, thank the Lord, because everyone in the office seems to have got it. It seems to be everyone that was in the um, HOD meeting has oh. been struck with it. And thankfully, I wasn't. <laughs> but um, I have got a bit of toothache, so sorry if I sound a bit sort of... Because um, I've got some numbing gel in my mouth, which is lovely. <laughs> uh, this, this is wisdom teeth coming through? It is. Wisdom comes at a cost, it seems, which is pain. <laughs> if you need any help with the pain, I know a man that knows a man. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Excellent. Fantastic. I'll talk to you after the show. For, for more numbing gel. That's what he's been <laughs> uh, If anybody from the legal team is listening, that's not anything to do with me, by the way. That's complete denial. Right, let's move on to the uh, the subject of this particular Hippodrome podcast, and that is The Life of Pi, which is uh, an amazing show. It's won three Tony Awards. It's won five Olivier Awards, uh, and it's based on Jan Martel's best-selling novel. It's coming to the Bristol Hippodrome uh, in January 2024, and we are very pleased to be able to have just somebody that not only stars in this show, but is also personal friends with Kyle. So, uh, Kate Rousel and Kyle, reacquaint yourselves, please. <laughs> it's been too long, dear. <laughs> it's been so long. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you. I, I wish I could say the same about you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We can't do any hugs or anything in no. the near future anytime soon. <laughs> so, so walk us through this. How, how do you two know each other? So we met uh, working front of house at the Bristol Hippodrome. Um, I think I was working there before you, Kyle. Is that right? Yes, you were working there before me. Yeah, I was uh, just working front of house as one of the ushers, I think. And uh, then Kyle came along as well. And it was a very, very social environment. Um, a lot of kind of partying after work. <laughs> Probably too much partying <laughs> after work. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that's how we bonded. 
<laughs> I can't imagine Kyle being involved in any sort of partying at all. It's not, it doesn't it doesn't come across as as that. Oh no, wait. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I went, home, I went. I went home and read books. That's yeah. what I did. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, listen, amazing to have you on the podcast, Kate. And and Life of Pi is just this amazing show. It's been you know really highly rated in all these awards. It must be an absolute dream to work on. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's um I have to pinch myself often uh, when I'm rehearsing. It's it's really strange. Um but it's just wonderful. I I never expected to get it. <laughs> I was very very surprised when my agent kind of gave me the call and uh it's what all performers kind of I guess dream about happening like this like getting on a big show like this. Um and particularly this show as well. It's just such a beautiful story. Um it just feels yeah, it feels such an honor to do it. Let's go to Kyle now. In your official capacity as a podcaster, um, I just need to differentiate between the personal relationship that you have with Kate and the professional one. I'd like you now to, to, to come forth with the professional side of you. Please, Kyle. It's always a bit of a weird time as an actor when you audition for something because, you know, I imagine with this one, Kate, you were put forward by your agent, I imagine? Yeah, yeah. So um, the this job was posted on Spotlight, which most uh, kind of performers will know about. Um, it's like a big website where all these kind of jobs get put, basically. And if uh, you, it's weird, uh, chicken and egg kind of scenarios get on it. You kind of have to have acting credits to get a kind of account on it. Um, but that's where all the jobs get posted. So it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird process of getting on it, but <laughs> then find your way eventually that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily always realise is like as an actor especially when you're sort of starting out you don't just get given jobs you audition for them and you can actually end up auditioning for quite a while or oh gosh, yeah. you, you audition you audition and then like six months later you find out yay or nay and, and like can you just talk to us about how that was for you was there like did you did you audition in the summer and then get told in the winter like what was, yeah, what was yeah, the story with that? I mean, this one was actually probably one of the nicest audition processes I've ever been in, <laughs> um, which is really lovely because, uh, yeah, I've done so many auditions um, where, yeah, you either never hear back or, like you say, like there's like so many rounds or you, you hear months later, it's it's kind of um, a bit wild. Whereas this one, um, I think I had the audition back in April and uh, it was only two rounds to the audition. and. Um, Finn, the puppetry director, he ran the room and it was just such a nice audition. It was like two hours long. It was like a movement and puppetry workshop, really. Um, and with a bunch of other people. And uh, so we did a lot of movement stuff. We got to actually get on the puppet. You don't always get to get on the actual puppet on the off. So it's really nice to actually feel that and, and figure out what that was like. And it was just... It was such an, just an open room, like it was really friendly. Um, we kind of went through lots of different exercises and you've, everyone kind of had a moment to feel like they shone and um, it just felt really lush. I think within a few days I found out I had a recall and then, which was only like a week later, and then from the recall I think I found out again about a week later. So it was really nice kind of speedy process really. You're actually dispelling some of the, you know, the enigma, the, the enigma <laughs> of the storyline of like, oh my god, I had to wait weeks or whatever for the, yeah, yeah. Or, or or that really intense kind of idea of what an audition is. You know, you walk in and there's a yeah, panel yeah. of people there, and they're all 
terrifyingly silent as you uh, renounce exactly. Shakespeare, you know. Been there. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I think yeah. we all have. I think we all yeah, have. Yeah, for sure. That does, does happen, unfortunately. <laughs> but so I think like an audition should be about, it's so cruel. Like, I think an audition should be about giving a, someone an opportunity to show their best. And you're not yeah. doing that if you're kind of, yeah, standing somebody up terrified. in front of a table full. <laughs> yeah, terrified, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think we should clarify as well. I don't know if we actually mentioned that you play the tiger heart in um, yes. Life of Pi, which yes, I guess is right. um, you have to work very closely with other people. And it brings yeah. me on to my question of how physically demanding is the role? Because I've seen a clip of not you operating the puppet, but... Uh-huh. Um, another group of people and it looks really painful <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is very physically demanding it's um it's been the like biggest physical challenge I've ever had to face um which has been great to be honest I've been quite ignorant about a lot of I think fitness stuff in general um I've never had like growing up I, I didn't really grow up with much uh, sport and fitness and stuff so it's been um really challenging in that respect um but yeah, I so I'm Tiger Heart is a, kind of my official thing. Um, but we everyone just are kind of a bit of everything. There's lots of other animals in the show as well. But just on the tiger, there are three positions. So it's a, a head puppeteer, heart puppeteer, and a hind puppeteer. And that kind of team of people, that that three, does become quite a close bond between the three of us um, because we are having to trust each other quite a lot um, because mm-hmm. we are really jumping around in this puppet and um, we have to yeah make sure we're all looking after each other because you know if we do go a bit wrong it can affect somebody's body quite a lot so um it's bearing a lot of that in mind and (laughs) i mean we're we're still knee deep in rehearsals at the moment um rehearsals are always uh kind of more physically demanding time anyway because you're doing it so much more than you would be in a normal week of show runs yeah i guess you're doing it like every Um, day exactly you're doing it every day you're doing it over and over again you're repeating stuff um so i um i mean if you're here in my room right now it's just stinking of tiger balm um from <laughs> how ironic <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> made me um, feel a little funny i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> there's something about tiger balm you know uh listen fantastic. believe it or not okay there will be some people that don't actually know this story and don't know this show so uh can you give us a little overview on life of pi and what people can expect when they come see it well it's a story that means a lot of different things to a lot of people which i think is one of the loveliest things about it but um basically the premise is um this young boy uh pi who comes from india him and his family um own a zoo with lots of different animals in it but they decide to move to canada to seek out a better life and unfortunately on the way to Canada on the ship uh, called the Tim Sum, uh, it hits a storm and sinks and Pi is the only survivor left on the from the shipwreck. So uh, he kind of gets stranded on a lifeboat and um, he's out at sea for months and months. And some of the creatures that survive the shipwreck are some of the animals from the zoo. So there's a lot of pie being on this small lifeboat with a lot of different animals and um, particularly this uh, tiger called Richard Parker. Um, Great name. Yeah, for sure. So they have to kind of cohabit this lifeboat and figure that out. And it's just that story, really. And what's just so lovely about the show is that you know pie that there's they kind of make a point where pie actually follows of like a lot of religions and uh 
it kind of calls into question your kind of belief in God and your faith and your kind of perseverance for life. And it's just a really, really beautiful story. I won't give, you know, too many spoilers, but uh, that's the kind of premise of it. So obviously all of the animals from the story are puppets of varying sizes. You've got the tiger, which has three people. There's a hyena, which is operated by two people. Uh, There's a zebra, which has three people. And there's an orangutan that has three people as well. They're the kind of main animals, if you like. But there's loads of other aspects of the show as well. It's very music-heavy. Uh, the soundtrack for it is amazing. I think it's on Spotify, actually. You should definitely listen to it. It's beautiful. Um, and lots of great just ensemble work as well. So if you're expecting anything mathematical or culinary, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, like, with the tour, obviously, not yet happening for you, because obviously you're in rehearsal as you just said and obviously given our history of the fact that we've worked together I just want to ask that question of you know you and I saw people on that stage we've even seen people who have we've we've worked together with be on stage and we've helped support them through their shows now it's your turn how do you think you'll feel by being on that stage and yet not you know putting on the clip-on tie and the white shirt (laughs) grabbing the ice creams (laughs) yeah honestly yeah so many flashbacks I think coming through that stage door uh Bruce Hippodrome stage door for the first time and hopefully seeing Simon Scott sitting there is gonna be oh I just I can't I don't think I'm gonna know how it's gonna feel until I'm there to be honest it's um it's very exciting um incredibly daunting (laughs) I kind of flip between (laughs) intensely terrified and really really excited but I think from this year because we are just you know jumping from venue to venue and some really incredible venues all along the way. I think I just want to soak up as much as I can from this whole year and just remember as much of it and and learn as much as I can because this is the biggest tour I've been on. There's a lot to learn from that and how and how to do it because it is it can be very physically and mentally demanding, I think, not having a sort of base to come back to and being on the road for that long. I think um it's a dream come true, but it's also, you know, has its difficulties. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued to just see what that kind of throws my way. Well, one thing that will make you feel better is you probably will see Simon Scott because he is still at the Hippodrome and he's yay. on stage door a lot. So yay. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I know you're not on tour with this one yet, but um, I'm kind of thinking of something that the Lion King told us when they were here. But have you ever experienced a puppetry disaster on stage, like a part of a puppet breaking or malfunctioning yeah. in a way it shouldn't? <laughs> well, in terms of like puppet malfunction, um, I did a Peter Abbott immersive experience in just April just gone. And there I was obviously operating Peter, Peter Abbott. Um, but there were also the three little rabbits, Flopsy, Mopsy and Cottontail. Oh, yeah, I remember and, those. Uh, these three little puppets, they were kind of... Um, you kind of could move their heads, but their their bodies are pretty solid and you just move their heads along. And there was lots of lions jumping between the three of them. And um, uh, obviously there's lots of five-year-olds kind of all hang, like gathered around, really, you know, fixated on these puppets. And um, fortunately, one of the, I think it was Flopsy's head, just came clean off. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> and to oh, like try and cover that up. Yeah, not show this decapitated rabbit. Oh, no. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh, Which is pretty tragic. But there's been a lot of like falling over. I, I did the, a show called The Very Hungry Caterpillar Show, which is adorable. Um, and there was lots of like falling over uh, with that one. 
because that was quite fast paced. So falling over while holding a caterpillar was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Don't land on the caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you do. Squish. <laughs> it, it's obviously a, a, you know, this is a very unique skill that you have because obviously we see lots of people on stage at the Hippodrome, actors, singers, but this is a this is a whole different type of skill. Kate, when did you know in your career, because obviously uh, you, you, you trained in Bristol as well, at what point did you go, yes, puppeteering's for me? It was pretty weird, actually. Um, I think when I speak to most people who do puppetry, they, they, they all kind of say the same. We kind of just fell into it. I ended up getting a job uh, called The Hatchling, and I'd never done puppetry before, and um, they needed uh, performers from Plymouth, which is my hometown. Mine um, too. Oh, nice one. Yeah, amazing. Hello, Amazing. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Jenner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, we need a separate podcast for this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're going forever. So, yeah, this, this job with Hatchling, um, which was a huge, huge dragon puppet uh, that needed about 14 people to puppeteer it at once. And so the cast for it was massive. Uh, it was like, I think there was at least 30 of us all rotating on this puppet. And uh, that was directed by a guy called Mervyn Miller, who was a previous Warhorse director. Um, so I kind of joined in the R&D sort of stages of that that project and then thankfully got to do the show and stuff as well. And I am only realising now the kind of uh, benefits of doing that show and the training that Mervyn kind of provided during that show very much learned it on the job and it there's something about it that's just so um because you have to work with people so closely and it's very kind of team-led and you're super like ensemble-led and um you have to be going off of a lot of like what people are feeling and their impulses and it's just so um rewarding in that way so that that job kind of sparked the light for it i guess um because because it was such a huge puppet and you know somebody on the tail was like a very very long way from somebody on the nose of this dragon um and so you had to be so in sync with everybody and um working so closely um it was just a really lovely experience and so i think since doing that and then going to more puppetry auditions compared to acting auditions, puppetry auditions are just lush. Like puppeteers are really <laughs> nice people <laughs> because you have to be so like, you have to work so well together. And so I think it was just so much friendlier. Um, and there's a lot of really cool work in it as well. It seems to be becoming a bit more of a fashionable thing um, for big shows to do. It's really cool. So that's kind of why I've stuck with it since. Uh, it's just felt really nice and really right. Would it be right in saying that maybe the best advice that you could give to someone who's training in, in, in acting or something is be open to opportunities? Is that kind of... Oh like, I, know that sounds, yeah. I know that sounds really obvious, but do you know what I'm saying with that? Like most people might not go into uh, you know a drama course and go, puppeteering is going to be my future. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, yeah, 100% hear where you're coming from. I think puppetry can seem a bit niche. It's like a bit random. <laughs> um, and I think you're absolutely right. Just be open to everything that comes your way. Because, I mean, my course was kind of, yeah, acting-y based, but a bit of kind of making your own theatre and stuff as well. And I can remember um, as soon as I graduated, I ended up going off to Edinburgh Fringe for a year just to work as a technician at mm-hmm. one of the venues because it was really great to see that kind of side of it and um, 
seeing what it takes to light a show and and you know cue a show and the sound and all the kind of aspects and then seeing so many different types of theatre at that festival as well it just really opens your mind to how many things you can do in this industry it doesn't just have to be acting and I think training as an actor you you have all of those skills to do all of those things like they all I think great actors make for great puppeteers because you are learning the psychology of of and the reasons of why people do things and it's the same with puppetry it's just broken down into a lot of more simpler and smaller steps and so I think yeah just keep an eye out for anything and everything and turn your hand to everything because the more you know about all the different angles of this world the more you're going to be able to do and the more you you can kind of put on your resume like it's it's more strings to you kind of need to be able yeah. to yeah exactly more strings to, to your puppet i guess the ultimate compliment for a puppeteer in a show like this is when the audience go oh well i forgot the puppeteer was there in a, in a kind of odd way so you're sort of like doing yourself out of the limelight by being a fantastic puppeteer i guess is, is that about right Kind of. I mean, I think it depends on the puppetry show. I, I think every puppet is so different when you pick it up and you're trying to work out how it moves. Um, I I think I was saying to somebody in rehearsal the other day, like, you always feel like a newbie as soon as you come to a new puppetry show. You feel like a complete novice again because you're like, this this puppet's going to move completely differently how to another one. But um, with this particular show, it's, the point isn't to hide the puppeteers. It's similar, very similar to the Warhorse thing. Like mm. they weren't trying to hide the puppeteers, um, but you kind of just forget that they're there in the end, or yeah. not that you forget, but you just kind of stop looking at them. Yeah, you're you're you really looking at the it. animal. Yeah, that that was what I was thinking yeah. of because when, when the first time I watched Warhorse at the beginning, you're sort of like working out how everything moves, and you you you, you mm-hmm. know, but by the end of it, you're seeing this you know majestic performance. And it just, uh, yeah, you're right. It sort of all merges. You don't stop looking at the properties. It just all merges into one and exactly. you know become becomes real. And that that's a real yeah. skill, isn't it? And I think that, that yeah, that's a sign that the puppeteer is doing a good job. Mm. I think if it looks seamless and uh, looks effortless and it, it looks like the, the puppet is moving by itself rather than these people are making it move, then you're doing a good job. Well, it sounds like it's going to be uh, absolutely fantastic. I've rigged Kyle up to a remote thermometer, and his temperature is <laughs> unfortunately his temperature is rising. I think we're probably going to have to leave it there, Kate, before before, before COVID Kyle explodes. Um, yeah, but get an ice bath, Kyle. <laughs> it's, it's it's been a fascinating insight into something that you know I, I I'm really interested in seeing this show and seeing how it all uh, comes together. It, it, this podcast reminds me a little bit of the one that we did on the ballet like you know it's it's one of those areas of theatre that I've not particularly had my head in much but now you know it, you've, you've sort of brought it to life for us so um, yeah we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the company in January I'll let you and Kyle say your fond goodbyes oh, can't wait goodbye, to see you Kyle. I can't wait to see you let's I'm go gonna give you a, smoke I'll a mirror's give, bar I'll give you a call later <laughs> yeah let's do it <laughs> thank you so much for having me on as well it's really an honour Thank you very much. Oh, Kate Rousel, everybody. Hello, Jenner. Woo. Well, I feel like we've sort of reignited a friendship there, Kyle, with Kate. I mean, yeah, we've not spoken in a while because um, once, once she moved to London, 
you know. She dropped you like a stone. <laughs> she's like, oh. <laughs> see ya, see ya. Uh, I just took it as she was very busy uh, so you know maybe I'll find out later that I was just dropped but no um, yeah it'll be great to reconnect with her um, and talk again about what's coming it's amazing I'm so proud of her we look forward to it so Life of Pi at the Bristol Hippodrome then uh, tickets available from the usual places you can book it's Monday the 15th of January to Saturday the 20th 2024 well that's it uh, for this episode of the podcast uh, Kyle uh, go and lie down in a darkened room um, uh, we hope you <laughs> feel ice. <laughs> we, we hope you feel much much better soon um, and don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast if you want to be updated with future episodes of the Hippod but from all of us for now for this episode thanks for listening and goodbye for now bye it's actually my favourite bit you two saying goodbye (laughs) I feel like such a (laughs) when we do that I'm like goodbye everyone (laughs) so long